You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by CMS Mission Partners, Derek and Rosemary Snipson. The reading today is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to chapter 2, verse 5. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And so it is with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, you are a bit foolish, aren't you? Perhaps you're wasting your time and money on old Michaud's like us. Wouldn't it be better to go for younger, more energetic ones, better looking for the notice board? Maybe you wonder about all the apparent problems of the Aboriginal people. Aren't their health and other needs too much to do anything about? Oh yes, we are older and a bit weak at times, with some health issues when we first set out. And yes, there are some big closing the gap problems that don't seem to get fixed easily. There is a lot we may never understand about culture and language, etc. Yes, there are few results to see. So isn't it a bit foolish for us to take all this on? In fact, the whole church in the Northern Territory is small and weak too. There are about 400 Anglicans only in total in the whole diocese, less than or about the same as you here at St John's. And there are few, a few small Aboriginal churches that are struggling in many ways with few leaders. They face heavy pressures. Some are weak with illness and overcrowded homes and lots of other things. There are few resources, especially in their own languages. 
And there are constant demands from family and their community. Leaders in particular face uh, daily pressures from many leaning on them for support with food, money and other things. Well, humanly speaking, yes, it all seems quite foolish to achieve much and our weaknesses are real. Yet today's reading reveals that there is another side to the story, that we're in good company. We heard how Paul came to Corinth with just what he called the foolish message of the cross. In verse 16 in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, he declares, It is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. In that world, many tried to know God through human wisdom and power, but they failed. Paul announces, announces that God has turned these human values and efforts upside down. From verse 21 to 23 in Corinthians, he goes on, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. This foolishness and weakness was not only about what Paul said, but how he said it. It was in weakness and vulnerability, not with fancy words, but with fear and trembling. Paul must have wondered what he had achieved, like a clay jar carrying a treasure. In 2 Corinthians 4, he goes on to tell how he was hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, thrown into jail. Later, he adds he was whipped and stoned, but he boasts in what shows his weakness. It is like carrying the death of Jesus around in his body, that the life of Jesus may be shown through him. This is living out the way of the cross with Easter hope. This was not just a problem with the Romans and Greeks of Paul's day. In what is called their largely fear-power culture, many Aboriginal people, especially men, can seek power in secret traditional knowledge, black magic and curses. They can find the cross of Jesus offensive. We too have seen how this message divides and sorts people. Yet many others in their need and suffering readily understand this message. They wholeheartedly respond and ask for prayer to be forgiven, healed and delivered. They have fewer things to let go of than we do. We need to keep having our eyes opened by the Spirit to see things God's way. One friend in a remote community is a respected senior ordained minister. She was a ceremonial leader. But as a Christian, over time she realised she had to step down and divest herself of that role, at a cost. This message seems foolish to many in our cultures. It challenges our expectations, our values, and how we understand the world. Sadly, one way this shows in our land is in the attitude of some through our history of our First Nations people. This has been on our mind this week as we have celebrated Australia Day. 
Whatever our view on this, some early settlers were known to call Aboriginal people animals or worse. Many suffered, were displaced, abused or killed. We often see the legacy of this. It continues to traumatise people today through the generations. But God has not forgotten these people that he made in his own image, whom he loves and chose. Later, Paul tells in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 26, and on that he addresses them, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not, that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. That hope encourages us to hang in there even when there are few results that are obvious. One memorable story was a lady we visited in hospital in the ICU. She was a sister of a good friend and she was given very sick, given a 50-50 chance to live. Many prayed. Later, she recovered a little over the weeks. Then after some time, she sat up. Her hope and prayer in the end was to be healed, to be able to go back home to a community in time for the Bible camp that was to be held there. Her husband all this time was faithfully by her side. We gave him a Creole Bible booklet to read, and over time he began to grow in faith as he read it. He was a muso and he worked with his wife to write some songs there in the ward. They wanted to sing them as a testimony in worship at that Bible camp, hoping that they would get home. One night there at the camp, when we went out, we stumbled over them in the dark. She had made it in answer to the, her prayers and ours. We dragged her wheelchair backwards across the sand in front of the stage, and there she shared her testimony and they sang two songs. We could not hold back our tears. This is a powerful hope for the fragile Aboriginal church and for us. God will gather and use such humble, faithful believers that we are privileged to meet. His hidden power and wisdom is being displayed through these vulnerable people. The prison Bible study is the highlight of my week. Some ask, why do you keep going to the jail every week? It's not compulsory. The women choose to come. There we hear stories of brokenness and despair spoken honestly. They wait for prayer, listening to the stories in John's Gospel and other readings. <clears throat> they are searching for some change in their life. One woman I will call E has been convicted for a serious offence and will be there for some time. Unknown to us leaders, she had been journaling with God over months. A few weeks back, she brought the journal to the group and asked us to read some of it out to the others. Pam, my co-worker, suggested that E could do that herself. 
Nervously, she started on the first page. God, you don't know me, but here I am. It went from there with verses of scripture, confession of sins, words that had spoken to her from reading John's gospel and bright pictures. E read on for 20 minutes and you could have heard a pin drop. One woman said, I want to go to the toilet, but I have to hear this to the end. Here is faith amongst the unlikely. The person, some might think, was at the bottom of the pile, one who recognises her own weakness and foolishness and her need for mercy. She is now sharing the light of Jesus with all the others. E knew her weakness and failure, but she could only boast in God's grace. In verse 31 it is written, Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Do you remember the one leper of the ten lepers who were healed, who came back to thank Jesus? Over time, we have seen a number attend with us at our small local multicultural church, St. James in Darwin. Some people drop out and end up back in prison or rehab. We don't always see many success stories, but God is still there at work in the brief time we have with them and beyond. Seeds are sown, but we may not see the harvest in our time. God will send others, we hope and pray, to serve uh, these people in the future. We need a long-term view and trust for the surprises that will be revealed on the last day. We give thanks that some have seen and grasped the foolishness of the cross, over and above desiring power and influence in other ways. In God's wisdom, not the wisdom of the world, he has spoken into the lives of men and women like James and Edwin, friends of ours, and set them apart for his purposes. Three Christian women had prayed for James for years in their small remote community that he would stand up for Jesus. James told me that he used to go off after having been taught about God in his early years, to go off with others in his youth and do the wrong thing. And one day he was touched by a testimony of some other leaders with their own struggles. The Holy Spirit was at work and he started following Jesus. James was expected to inherit his father's ceremonial role, but chose to hand over uh, this to, so that he could serve God in the church. This was not popular and against traditional wisdom. God's servants not only struggle with weakness and fear, the cost of the way of the cross also brings rejection and suffering. James, standing there next to me in the picture, grew with many supporting him. He now is an Aboriginal teacher at Nunglinga College. We've had fortnightly Bible studies with him for some years, as others have had in the past. In October, along with a colleague, Simon Coford, we had the privilege to prepare him and Edwin from Numbua for ordination in their own communities. God has chosen and changed these men. They don't boast in their own strength and goodness, but in God's grace and mercy. They are set free and set apart 
to serve amongst their own people. This is a powerful hope for all of us too in our weakness and uncertainty. At times, you at Diamond Creek may also feel disappointed or overwhelmed. People and plans fail. You can get discouraged. Yet we can glimpse the mystery of God's hand at work as people turn in faith and God's Spirit will enable them to serve with the gifts he gives. The servant of the Lord in Isaiah 49 felt that he had achieved little. He was worn out from his best efforts, weary. There was little to show. But this suffering servant of the Lord is given an even bigger task, to be a light to the nations. This is true of Jesus, the final suffering servant, and his servants today, including those in the Northern Territory and you here at St John's. So I'll read from Isaiah 49. He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have laboured in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due to me is in the Lord's hand, and my reward is with my God. For I am honoured in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. May God bless you as you serve him. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, that you called us as we are, that in Jesus you have made us your children. And through the power and hope of your spirit, you're changing us, giving us gifts so that we might be your servants too and be part of that wonderful purpose uh, to be your light to the nations with the life of Jesus. Forgive us when we hold on to the ways of our world in the way it talks about wisdom and power and help us humbly to walk in the way of the cross of our Lord Jesus that we might Shine with your light for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.